Hi friends, welcome. Today, we're going to be talking about perfectionism. This will go out as an episode of the James Red Podcast on the James Red Podcast, and this will go out as a video on the James Red Extended channel. So, perfectionism. I am a perfectionist. I am an extremely detail-oriented person. I see the value in the details. I see that all the details add up and make the a whole that is different than if those details would not be there or if those details would be different. Now, do I think that there is one perfect version of a thing that has to be hit? No. I think that every detail makes something a little bit different. But I do think the details matter. And I do think that it's not true that people won't notice the details. Now, they may not notice every single detail cognitively, if that's the right word. They may not watch a movie and go, ah, what wonderful sound design, or, or, or you know, notice some minute aspect of that that makes something different, or notice the, I don't know, the, how good, how well done an animation of a background element is or something like that. But they will notice the, the greater whole. They will notice the feeling. They will notice the experience. Whether they recognize all the little details or not, they will notice the experience. So anyway, uh, I, I think many creators have to wrestle with this with others around them. I think if we were left to our own advices, we would we would just be detail-oriented people. We would just make things until we feel good about them and put them out. And some people struggle with this thing where they, they can't ever put anything out in the first place because... It, it's never finished. It's never finished. That's the thing, right? But I think a lot of people are just trying to reach a level, and this is me, I'm just trying to reach a level of excellence that they feel proud of before they put the thing out. The problem happens when you start running, when you, when you start creating these things for other people and you have deadlines and you have to, you have to ship things out into the world. And so there's this tension, there's this balancing act that has to happen. But I, I think... The way that I think the word per- perfectionism is often perceived is you could you, you could say that there's a a positive perception of it, which is just the the detail oriented uh, nature of a person that creates something good, right? And, and ultimately, you end up with a really good thing. So, if you're flying on a plane, you want a, a certain level of perfectionism to go into that plane, right? You want there to be an attention to all of the the minutia, every single bolt, meticulously inspected. We're, nobody's like, man, you really just got to calm down on the inspections on the planes, the, the monthly inspections or whatever they do. Nobody's saying that because they recognize the importance of that. But obviously that has to do with safety. Videos are a different thing or, you know, photos or designs or what have you. So, I, so the negative side of it, though, is when it's perceived as 
an overgrowth of, of detail-oriented effort. It's too much detail-oriented effort. It's fine. Just let it go, right? Now, for one, we have disagreements about what is the appropriate level of detail to put into a thing. And these are very real disagreements. Like somebody who is not an artist might look at something and say, this looks great and it's done. But to the artist, it's like 60%. And, and, and like rightfully so. It's re- the thing is really not done. Now, sometimes the thing is could, could be done. Sometimes the artist is you know, engaging in such a tremendous level of detail orientation that maybe they sh- maybe maybe they should put it out. But there's anyway, there's this dance, there's this tension. There is, you have to think about what the goals are for this thing. There's a lot of questions there, right? It's it's actually not an easy thing to to deal with this perfectionism, at least in my mind. But I want to make a distinction between perfectionism and what I would call excellentism. And perfectionism, it focuses on the details. It focuses on the, uh, and, and sometimes it's focusing on the details for the details sake, for the sake of getting those details right. And it might miss the goal. And sometimes, okay, so the, the the details are so focused upon that the goal is actually missed in the process of focusing on those details. And we may not want that. But if you're thinking about, well, okay, what is excellent versus what is perfect? At least in my mind, the way I define these things. Perfect is like pristine. It is it is spotless, right? And and when I and I think a certain level of perfectionism in a, a piece of art is is warranted and it's, it's different per different pieces of art but like if you go to watch a movie and there's a bad edit like a bad frame in the middle of the movie that's like a frame from you know an hour earlier in the movie and it flashes on and that's startling it takes you out of the immersion it, it distracts you right that's a big thing to focus on is for thinking about why we would want something to have a stronger level of detail when it comes to art. The one of the two, two things to focus on immersion and eliminating distraction. And so that takes attention to detail and that's important. I think that's very relevant. Anyway, perfectionism and there's excellentism. Um, as I'm looking at my notes, it's showing a little red line underneath the word excellentism because I made it up. Excellent doesn't have to be perfect, right? You can have an imperfect excellent. You can have, uh, you know, the, there's this concept of, of wabi-sabi, and uh, within that is this, people define it different ways. But my the way I've always looked at it is there's a beauty in imperfection. There's a beauty in hum- humanness, in... Um, the the not the the non perfect elements of something. So, a picture you'll see is like a mug with a crack in it, or you know, or like some sort of natural imperfection that the artist created, and that's that's great. And so that mug can be excellent at what it's trying to be, which is a, a kind of like an earthly mug. <laughs> it's it's not 
straight off of a, a CNC machine. It's just like, here it is. And we made it out of dirt. And that's the, that's the, the, the beauty of it, right? But everything asks for a different level of all of this stuff. And so you really have to think about what the goals are. And anyway, um, I think, but I think excellence also recognizes a limit because if, if this is, once again, this is the way I'm defining it. I understand that we can define these things a million different ways. The way I'm defining excellence right now, it recognizes a limit because it recognizes a goal and something that is in the, in the workshop is not excellent is it if it's in the workshop because it hasn't reached its goal it hasn't actually been shipped it hasn't become a product because if the goal is to get it to be a product it's not excellent until it is that product does that, does that make sense but it also can be a product that's not excellent uh depending on how you, how you define whatever excellence is going to be so we have to think about like I keep saying this, but we have to think about where we're trying to get to with the thing. And that helps us with the detail orientation and it helps us orient our brains in the right direction with that detail orientation. And it also can help us recognize when maybe we don't need to be so detailed about something. And a great example of this can be, uh, is, is my realm of daily work, which is marketing videos Marketing videos in 2023 can be very imperfect and be be what they're designed to be because there's a big push on authenticity within the marketing uh, video realm or, or even you know any kind of marketing materials. It's about authenticity. It's about feeling authentic to push back against the old way of doing things, which was hyper-polished. Uh, TV commercials with actors who are trying to be real people, but they're clearly fake and they're just kind of, you know, like F-list actors, right? And so you have, uh, and so, you, and, and uh, not to throw shade at these actors, because I would probably do, I'd probably be like a Z-list actor in this situation, but although I think it would be fun to be in a commercial. I wonder how well I would do. Anyway, so you, but you have the actors that are like, okay, it's, that wasn't fun to watch. But it, it feels stale and, and it's not authentic and it's weird. Well, in the, the realm of, of, of online marketing, the, where we're at now is authenticity. And ironically, marketers are now taking that authenticity and packaging it up into like this faux authenticity thing. Where that where that where they try to make it look like it's authentic, but it's actually just as contrived as it was originally. Anyway, that that's another podcast episode, but that's what you're aiming for. And so part of that is allowing for a level of imper imperfection to happen, allowing for it to look like it was created with like the TikTok video editor, which I think is a thing. I've never actually used it, but I think people edit videos with TikTok, right? So oh, dinner is ready. My wife says, looks like I gotta wrap this up soon. So, uh, and if you put out a video that is not super polished, not super detail oriented, something's kind of off center, whatever, that can actually help the video because it helps it feel a bit more authentic. Like you just kind of slapped it together and bada boom, you put it out into the world and everybody's like, wow, this is, I'm, I'm connecting with this emotionally. So that can happen. But so we're looking at the goal. We're looking at the goal of that thing. But, you know, more, more detail 
uh, more detail can can be a really good thing on the flip side, right? If you're watching a movie, more attention to detail is really good. It's really helpful. But all the way through the process, right? Like we've all seen, we've all seen movies that had a, an incredibly low budget paired with a team that was not super talented and you end up with something very strange and um, campy and fun to watch, but it's fun to watch because it's so bad, that kind of thing. So movies, videos, they ask for a level of perfectionism, level of detail orientation, and all those details matter. Design, design is a big one. Design is, is and, and, and when designers do things well, they make it look effortless, but there's a tremendous level of, of pixel level detail a lot of times that designers are putting into their work. Music is a big thing. If you, if a, if a, a song is not meticulously mixed in a way that I, I, whenever I've tried to mix a song, it is confusing and it makes me sad. I can't figure out how to make it work. That's a lot of detail. When uh, EQ and music, I mean, all of these things, tremendous level of detail. And they shouldn't listen to somebody who says, why, wow, you just recorded the raw tracks and put it in the thing and like just kind of moved a couple of faders around that's fine it'll be fine just put it out i'm sure it's just fine well it it might be fine as a certain type of creation but it's gonna sound rough (laughs) it's gonna if that's what you want go for it but it's gonna sound rough certainly not gonna sound like a, a pop song if you want that but or some you know like like electronic dance thing that you hear it and you're like oh my gosh this is great everything feels so you know beefy and uh, I'm you know it's it, it's gonna sound rough if you don't put the polish on uh, painting another example of this all art really requires a, a tremendous level of detail and I think I think non-artists have a trend or or I should say uh, non-detail oriented people People who are, are good at doing things really fast, uh, and I would I would maybe put like a Gary Vaynerchuk into this this realm. He's somebody who does a lot of things very fast, and he's really good at that. And he's good at operating on a very high level of output and and just in life in general, output and and um, productivity. But he he's not a detail oriented person in a lot of ways. And I think that that means that he's not the video editor for the movie, right? He's he's maybe not a video editor at all. So he has his strengths and that's great, but we need to we need to work together and we need to figure out how to um operate at a high level of quality, once again, according to what we're trying to accomplish, and not sacrifice that and not sacrifice the important details while still being timely and hitting deadlines and and what have you. So what I've proposed to my team and and to, uh, as I've had conversations with my wife about, it's like, okay, where do we, where should I, me, as as somebody who's extremely detail-oriented, where do I pull back? Well, one of the places where I feel more comfortable pulling back 
is actually in the planning and initial execution process because it's once I create a vision that requires a certain level of input and detail orientation, that's when it that's when things balloon out and it takes a, an insane amount of time to get done. My Skillshare course is a great example of this. Uh, it expanded out into 15 videos and, and you know, two hours and, and 12 minutes of final watch time and just, just a lot of stuff, a lot of things that I wanted to do with each lesson. And I don't think it was extreme. I wasn't trying to go to the moon, but it was, it, it, you know, um, it, it was not, they were not simple videos in a lot of ways. Now, I think other video editors make a lot more complicated videos than me. That's the thing. It's kind of funny. My videos tend to, at least to me, feel quite simple. I look at other editors' timelines sometimes, and I'm like, this is bananas. I don't even know what's happening here. But anyway, so I, I, when I, from the beginning, I start, it started ballooning out because of the inputs I was putting in. So I put in these inputs, and those inputs required me to dedicate a bunch of time to getting the details right. And so what I've proposed is, and what I've been trying to work on, is getting the, getting the details in, in a project to come down because the initial idea and execution is less, it doesn't demand as much in the end. So start at the beginning. That's how you eliminate all the details in the end. Start at the beginning, make something more simple. That's what I'm trying. <laughs> and I'll let you, maybe I'll let you know how it goes if I remember to. <laughs> I'm hoping that will help out and in theory it works. The the arguments often come on the end, right? When it's like, okay, now now that you have all this stuff going on here with this edit that you're working on or whatever, now it looks, you know, I might hear, oh, it looks that's done, it's okay, move along. But to me, I go, oh no, I have to. There are things that have to be done with it, and I'm and it's difficult for me because I have to decipher like which what things actually do need to be done. Because I think there are things that actually do need to be done. And what things are maybe the things that I don't have to do, maybe I can do them in a way that, like maybe I can let go of some things. That's a really hard thing for me. So it's this weird dance, and I feel like I don't have answers to bring forth right now. Um, I've been watching, you know, I've been watching Casey Neistat for a long time. And I just found his brother Van Neistat. And I, I mean that, like I just found him. I did not know he was making videos and I started watching his videos and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. What, why have I been missing this? His videos are so eccentric and interesting. His, his style of making videos is so, so intriguing and fun. And at first I was thinking, okay, maybe this is like a, a good example of like a rough creation. But the more I watch his videos, I realized there's actually a lot of detail that goes into all the little things he's doing here. They're, they're simple in some sense, but also they are very detail-oriented. I mean, even just little things like his little typewriter intro. He'll There's this beautiful film grain on it. There's something about, I don't know what lens he's using. It's just nice, tight, beautiful lens. It looks like a movie. 
he types in the title of the video for the day and you you watch it and your eyes are just fed this beautiful beautiful visual candy and then it moves on to the next thing but there there's so there's a, it looks like a movie but at the same time it looks like a vlog it's it's very strange and I see that if he did not put in a certain level of detail into what he was doing, that would not look that way, right? But there's this balance there because I could imagine he could probably go even further with all of that in, into a, an insane realm. But Casey is another example. He's He has a, you know, they, they're definitely cut from the same vine, but they make very different videos. Casey's videos actually look more mainstream compared to Van's videos. In Casey's videos, I think are less polished than Van's videos. Very interesting. Casey's videos are uh, like they just feel like they're re they really feel like they're slapped together. And I don't mean that in a bad way. His videos are wonderful and interesting. It's such a unique editing style. I love it. But they really they 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 feel more like a vlog. They feel more kind of run and gun and just uh, hmm. Uh, jagged, you know, and, and and rough. Beautiful flow, beautiful narrative storytelling going on. So I just mean that in the sense of the, the kind of the, the pacing of the editing and the, and the sort of lack of detail orientation in certain areas. Like like there are some some clips where he'll he'll cut himself off mid word, and I think that's intentional, you know. But but yeah, it's just I, I don't know. He has a certain level of detail orientation. Van has a certain level of detail orientation. Uh, there's there, there's value to like a rough version of an art form, and there's value to a really polished version of an art form. I recognize the detail that goes into making the Lord of the Rings trilogy, right? Or the, you know, Star Wars prequels. Uh, or any well, or the Star Wars, the original Star Wars movies, um, for example. But Star Wars prequels had an insane amount of CGI like craziness going on, and somehow they made all that made all that work. And some people argue that it didn't necessarily work, but I think it actually re went really well. My wife says she's starving. Dinner is ready, and now she's starving. I need to really wrap this up. How far are we? Oh, 24 minutes. That's good. Uh, but there's so I'm coming, wife. I'm coming. Here, hold on. Uh, let me. Okay. Eat. I'm wrapping a recording. Okay. There we go. Crisis averted. So, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So, Lord, yeah, so, so but the prequels had an insane amount of, of visual detail and all of that stuff. I mean, the backgrounds were created in a computer and they're, they're and you know, they're, they were, you had to, the people were looking at pixels for hours and hours and hours creating this stuff. And so detail orientation and that created star Wars that, you know, those video, those particular movies, uh, you know, another, Oh my gosh, I keep getting notifications. Okay. She liked it. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. I think of Hamilton the musical. So you, you have like the Disney version. I think it's Disney. Pretty sure it's Disney. You have that version. Beautiful, high production quality. The people on stage are so, are true professionals. 
so many words to remember, so much polish in what they're doing, so much muscle memory. All of that is, is extreme detail orientation, and you don't get Hamilton without that. You don't get Hamilton without practice. You don't get Hamilton without hours and hours and hours. Uh, my my wife sent me another video of like a of like a I don't want to call it a high school version because it was de- it was definitely better than that, but it was kind of like an off brand version of Hamilton with other actors. They were they were just doing a you know a recreation of it, and it was on a stage somewhere, and they had you know they had a a little bit of a budget. They had some stage props going on, all the actors and the dresses and stuff. And so the, the, the girls were, it was the, the sisters singing their song together, but it sounded a lot worse. It sounded, uh, it did not, it was not something you would listen to for more than a couple of minutes. Uh, and I tried to, whenever I see things like that, I try to pick it apart. I'm like, okay, why is this worse? Now, a lot of people are saying, okay, it was the singing of the girls all together. They were doing the harmonies. But I don't think it was, I think that was part of it. I think they were certainly a little rough. But one of the things I noticed was the mix, the audio mix. And I realized how much, and, and you could also add into that, like the video quality of, you know. And so I thought, how much money went into the audio production and the video production of the Hamilton, the actual Hamilton and that difference. But, but to focus specifically on the audio production, that is, that makes a huge difference. I've listened to, so when, if something is not mixed properly or if something, if you, you know, so there's the equipment is not whatever up to, up to standard is good. I don't, I don't know exactly the process of like, how expensive does the equipment have to be to make something sound this good versus this good? Uh, but you know, that whole process, I rec- I know that there's a tremendous difference in low quality audio production and high quality audio production and how it can make the, the same singer sound a lot different. I mean, just something as simple as putting reverb on a, on a singer's voice can change the whole world. I mean, it's the same reason why you can go into like a bathroom with a high ceiling and sing and it sounds better. It sounds way better than if you're in a very stuffy room because there's some reverb, there's some echo. And uh, so anyway, I noticed all of those differences and once again, that is tremendous attention to detail. And so my, my I guess my defensive perfectionism and detail orientation is that you can't get... It is a crucial part of, of good art. It has to be managed within the context of the goal of what is trying to be accomplished. The artist knows better than other people what level of detail needs to go into something. I think that's, that's important. But the artist also has to remember to think like and about the other people who are in this equation. The people who are talking in marketing, talking with the clients, setting up the deadlines, people who are um, di- directing the whole process and are thinking with a, a more managerial type of brain, that's relevant too. And you have to meet those things in the middle. And so I think a good artist is somebody who has the ability to, our, to, to plan well in the beginning, plan well, 
and create uh, a process that is not going to lead to tremendous over, time overgrowth in the end or somebody and or somebody who knows how to uh, manipulate things later in the process I should say and because I think both are key somebody who knows how to manipulate things later in the process when things need to happen quickly in order to get that thing done more quickly but it's a lot harder then it's a lot harder when it gets to that point and I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't have all the answers to that, but I know that I know how important the details are. And I know that the difference between the detail with the uh, more detail and less detail, but I also know the difference in, in not hitting a deadline. <laughs> That's a big deal too. So I don't know stream of consciousness uh, that's just my thoughts on this. I hope you guys enjoyed it, found it interesting and valuable. Hope you guys have a lovely, maybe it helped you out today. I hope, I hope so. And um, maybe I'll circle back around to this at some time. But anyway, thank you guys for listening and or watching. I hope you have a lovely day. Goodbye.